So this morning, I, uh, we have a friend of Woodland Hills Church. Uh, she's preached here before, Tara Beth Leach, a wonderful woman of God. And uh, we've asked her to bring our prayer series on the, Our Father to a close by talking about corporate prayer and the importance of, of, of being together. So uh, with open minds and open hearts and prayerful stance, uh, let's welcome Tara Beth Leach. Take it away, Tara. Hey, Woodland Hills Church. I am so excited to be with you today from my home to yours. Really looking forward to opening the word as, as we continue our series on prayer. And today we're going to take a look at corporate prayer. And it's kind of wild. I'm not with you in person. I'm filming from my home in Chicagoland. I guess COVID-19 has, has highlighted all of these new possibilities for us. And I certainly don't want to diminish um, the pain that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused for so many of us. Um, and at the same time, I think it has highlighted just so many uh, new possibilities for us. Um, for example, uh, two and a half years ago, I hardly knew what a Zoom meeting was. Now, I'm on a dozen Zoom meetings a week. Uh, Zoom fatigue is real. Uh, two and a half years ago, I owned one pair of sweatpants. Now I own at least, I don't know, six or more because that's what I wear when I'm working from home. Um, uh, last week, my husband and I missed our in-person gym class. So we live streamed a yoga class from home and we worked out from home. And many of you today are worshiping from the comfort of your own home. And, and we are grateful for that. And what I think it has also highlighted is something that has been happening for a very long time. And this um, idea that my faith is about me. Um, what well, we are grateful um, for what technology has afforded us, for sure. That those who are uh, physically unable or you're not able to gather in person for so many different reasons, we're so grateful that, that we can do this. And I think for a lot of us too, we think, ah, oh, this is kind of nice. I don't have to get dressed. I can, I can stay home in the, in, the, in the comfort of my own home um, on my couch. And this is not necessarily a new phenomenon, you see. This idea of hyper-individualized faith has been ongoing for decades. Uh, you've heard the phrase, a personal relationship. Um, I've heard others say, no, I don't, I don't need church. I can just worship Jesus at home alone on my own. I just need an iPod and I need some Hillsong worship in the background and I am good. But this idea of a privatized faith would have been just so wildly confusing in the first century world of Jesus. And so I want to look with you at Matthew's gospel, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. And what we're going to discover is that Jesus pushes us to think differently about our faith in today's world. So before we dig in, let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the great privilege that we have to come together as your people. And we pray that over these next few moments, that you would fill our spaces and our lives with your empowering presence that you would nourish our imaginations, encourage our hearts, and help us to live as a strengthened and empowered people that bring you honor 
and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So Jesus begins this passage. We're going to stop there. We're going to continue on in just a moment. Uh, so Jesus begins this passage um, of a scenario of one disciple uh, who has sinned. And Jesus says, if you've noticed a disciple has sinned, approach them. Seek reconciliation and restoration back into the community. And if you have, you've won them over, meaning they are restored for the good and the flourishing of the community. And he says, if not, if they don't, I want you to go to another because two then will validate that this testimony is true. And this would have been a very common concept in the New Testament world. Uh, for example, in John's gospel, chapter eight, verse 17, Jesus gives a nod to this as he's in a conversation about testimonies. Uh, he says, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. In other words, if two come with the testimony, it is validated by the simple fact that there is more than one. And so Jesus says, if the first time doesn't work, bring on another. And then even then, if it doesn't work, then you are to bring them before the entire church community in an effort to restore them back into the fold in an effort that they would be reconciled back to God and reconciled to one another. Okay, so let's, let's continue on now. Jesus continues, verse 18. He says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. So it matters when brother John or sister Addie um, is living in such a way that is, that is not honoring to God. Because number one, it's reflective of the community. Uh, when they are living in a way that's not honoring to God, others are watching and take notice and think, I thought they were Christians. I thought they were Jesus followers. And so we ought to care about restoring them in the community so that we together can reflect the character and the heart of God. And not only that, but we need Sister Addie. We need Brother John. Because together, we encourage one another and edify one another. We desperately care about restoring back people back into the community simply because we need each other. And not only that, but we care about the ways that we are reflecting the character of God in this world. 
You see, all throughout scripture, we see that the Christian identity is totally wrapped up in what it means to be a holy people of God. Not a holy person of God, but a holy people of God. It's wrapped up in being the church. And as us, as the holy people of God, we give the world a first impression character of God. And when others are living in such a way that isn't honoring of God, that reflects on all of us. The world is watching us. So, so we ought to care about restoring others back into the community because it is reflective on all of us. Our identity is wrapped up, yes, in Christ and also as the people of God in Christ. So we've talked about that when two or three people come together, they are able to discern the heart of God and the heart of God is the flourishing of the community and that we would be a radiant, bright witness. The second thing that we discover is that when two or three come together, Jesus promises that he is present. And it's not that he's not present with us as individuals, but it's important for us to highlight in a hyper-individualized world that when we come together as people, that Jesus is present. And we see this theme continuing on throughout the entire story of God. Paul, for example, the Apostle Paul, emphasizes this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21 through 22. He says this, In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We, together, are the holy temple. We together are the dwelling place of God. We together, when we come together, Jesus is present and the Holy Spirit is encouraging and empowering us. And then just to take it a step further, I'd like to highlight a quote from W.D. Davies and Dale C. Ellison in their commentary on Matthew. They say this, the community's prayer then becomes Jesus's prayer and his prayer cannot but be answered. In other words, when we come together to seek the heart of God, to seek the presence of God, to seek the ways of God, to seek the leading of God, and it's, we are intertwined in the presence of the Spirit and the person of Jesus, our prayers become God's prayer. The more that we come together, our hearts then are formed into his likeness. The more that we come together then, our imaginations become his imaginations. So then our prayers can't help but be answered because we are praying the very heart of God. So, what do I want to draw out of all of this for us today? Well, simply put, corporate prayer matters. Why? Because when we come together, it strengthens the entire body of Christ as God's holy people of God. And we see the people of God coming together, the church coming together to pray over and over again. Corporate prayer wasn't an addendum, but it was central to how they lived and functioned as the people of God in Christ. 
Uh, we see them coming together over and over again. And so the body of Christ is, is strengthened in prayer first through encouragement. Sometimes in corporate prayer, I don't have the words. Sometimes in corporate prayer, I don't have the faith. Sometimes in corporate prayer, I'm weary. Sometimes in, in corporate prayer, I'm exhausted. And I'm going to borrow on the faith of my brothers and sisters. I'm going to borrow on the strength. And that when we leave this place together, after coming together in prayer, I would be nourished and encouraged and strengthened. And my faith would increase because I'm borrowing off of the faith of others. And so the body of Christ is strengthened through the encouragement of one another, the faith of one another. Secondly, uh, in corporate prayer, the body of Christ is strengthened to live as a unified body. Now, I know this word unity is loaded. I'm not talking about uniformity, but I'm talking about the messiness, that when we come together, we're gonna disagree on the messiness of, of, of how to do this, of how to do church. We're gonna disagree on the messiness of how to restore um, our, our people back into the community. We're, we're gonna disagree on the messiness on, on how to seek out reconciliation, but we're gonna come together unified under the, the power of Christ and the presence of Jesus. And I'll tell you what, when we come together seeking the heart of God in prayer, in the presence of Jesus, it's really hard to stay mad at one another. We can disagree. We can be coming from different pages. We can be on completely different pages. We can land on different pages, but we can still be unified and that we together want the heart of God to be revealed. We together want to be led by the spirit. We together desire to see the church flourish in this world. And when we come together in prayer, Jesus will give us a vision of what it looks like to live as a unified body. Finally, in corporate prayer, we are strengthened through our dependency on God. Jesus wants us dependent on him. He says, when you come together to figure out the messiness of all of this, I'll be there. And thanks be to God for that. Because when it comes to the vision of the Christian life, with all of this messiness, I can't figure it out. We alone can't figure it out. We can't build it. We can't fix it. We can't create it. We can't do it alone. Jesus wants us in a state of, of dependency and desperation. As we've already talked about in previous weeks, that Jesus is our daily bread. We are to depend on the empowering presence of the triune God. A few years ago, we were cleaning up our family room and my husband had one of his kettlebell weights in there. And our four-year-old Noah was feeling rather ambitious and walked up and said, I want to pick it up. And I said, no, 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 sweetheart, you can't do it, you can't do it. And my husband said, let him try. So sweet four-year-old Noah walked over all big and strong to pick up that kettlebell weight. And as he was picking it up, it wasn't moving. Little veins were just popping out of his neck and his, his face was red and blue. And eventually he just collapsed and said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Daddy, I need you to do it. We laughed and we thought it was sweet and cute. You know, there's just a lot of messiness 
in the world today. And as a pastor, I don't know what the church is gonna look like a decade from now. I have two to three decades of ministry left, Lord willing, of course. And I don't know how we're going to do this. It just seems like every time, it seems like, okay, this is the messiest it's gonna get, it gets messier. And I just wonder how often God is watching us trying to muscle our way through this, trying to figure this out, trying to lift our way through all the difficulties. But Jesus says, hey, when you come together to discern this, I am with you. And that's what corporate prayer does. It reminds us of our dependency upon God. And not only that, but it reminds us of we are in this together, that this vision of the Christian life is about one another. One more closing story for you. Uh, we, we love going to Sequoia National Park. And I love looking at the mighty sequoia trees and all of their grandeur and glory. And it's amazing that they can live some 3,000 years old. Uh, well, did you know that the sequoia tree, that I could not plant this in my backyard here in dreary Chicagoland? Um, I mean, I could, but it, it wouldn't grow like it does in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. In fact, they grow in only a very narrow 260-mile strip and the western slope of the Sierra Nevada mountains, some 5,000 to 7,000 feet in elevation. And not only that, but they generally don't grow alone. They grow in groves. Uh, their root systems are often 20 feet deep and, and four acres wide. And their roots are completely wrapped up and intertwined with one another. And so you can imagine when one of those Wild windstorms come, almost envision them rooted up, intertwined together, holding one another through this and remembering their dependency upon one another, that they need each other, that it's about all of them. I can almost imagine hearing them say, I need you. You need me. We need you. You need us. You see, these trees have to be planted in the right context and with one another. There's a lot of messiness, and I don't know how we're going to navigate it. But if we come together in the context of the presence of Jesus, intertwined together, somehow, I think God's going to make a way. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this incredible and rich vision you give us on what it means to be a holy people of God. We don't know what the future is going to look like in all of the messiness, but we trust that you're with us, that you will lead us, that you will guide us. And as we cling to you, help us also to cling to one another. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Tara Beth. Thank you, Tara Beth, for that message. She has a gift of succinctness that I lack. Um, but I appreciate that, that, that word. We're sequoia trees. We're connected together. We need one another, and we desperately need Abba Father. Um, we thought it'd be good to um, put into practice what Tara just preached and have a little time of corporate prayer. 
uh, and more specifically, to have a time of corporate prayer for the people of Ukraine. And that's on everyone's minds and hearts. Uh, we went through our files to see what contacts we have in the Ukraine, and it turns out there's 12 people, 12 families, that uh, uh, have some connection with Woodland Hills. Some of them are regular, or part of our non-local congregation. They podcast regularly. Others have just been in correspondence with us o- over the years. Um, we're not able to verify, uh, make contact with all these folks. Some of them may have actually left the Ukraine since we had contact with them. But uh, if we name your name and you're no longer in the Ukraine, you just got a free prayer, and that's not a bad thing. But I would like to pray for these folks. Um, I would tell you, just to say a word about four of them, and there's 12 altogether that we'll be, we'll be uh, uh, praying for. Uh, first, there's Olga Sheshurbakova. I may have just butchered that name, Sheshurbakova, Olga. Um, she just wrote us this morning. Um, Emily Morrison, who's on staff here, has been in touch with her, and she said this just this morning. My family, just a little update. My, my, my family is still in Kiev, right in the heart of it. We are alive and not harmed. Staying at home, martial law in action since last night, 5 p.m. until at least 8 a.m. Monday. We have drinking water, food, and heating, but many people don't. We can't do much but pray now, as we are not allowed to get out at all for now. Please pray for those in need, uh, for food, water, clothing, medicine, etc. And pray for our army. They are amazing. May our Lord Jesus be glorified in his victory over evil. He already did it. Glory be to God. That's our sister Olga, and she's a, a regular podcaster. If you're probably watching now, we love you. We love you, Olga, and your family. Praise God. Well, I keep in mind Melinda and Mark Kathy. Uh, they're missionaries that we have supported for a number of years here. Uh, they work in Eastern Europe and in Russia. They're not in Ukraine right now, but they have uh, part of their team is in in, in Ukraine. And so they asked prayer for David and Katya Boot and for Ray Shaleska uh, uh, and, and his family in eastern Ukraine. There's also uh, Victor Yevpak, a uh, young man that I, I, I've met. No, great guy. And um, he has, uh, has a ministry, part of which is translating our sermons here at Woodland Hills Church into Russian uh, and, and uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, language. And... Um, just beautiful ministry, and he's, he's uh, uh, in Ukraine. And then there's Vadim Kalinchenko. I practice these names so much, I still can't speak. Vadim Kalinchenko um, heads up a ministry called Our Legacy. It's a discipleship-making uh, uh, legacy uh, ministry. I met him in Hungary uh, a number of years ago, and uh, very, just loves the theology that, uh, of Wilton Church and is now putting it in practice in, in this discipleship-making ministry. And he's part of a church called uh, the Light of the Gospel. And, um, well, they're not in where the fighting is, but what they're they're seeing now is all these refugees uh, coming their way. And so the church, uh, members of the church have opened up their homes to welcome in these refugees for as long as they need to stay. Many stay one night and move on. Uh, There's a lot of back and forth trafficking going on here, and a lot of people in desperate situations. I mean, just try to imagine being in that situation, and they're turning their church building into a refuge center. Um, and they're asking, they're, they're, they have a, some really big needs for food and for medicine and for clothing and, and, and things like for beds and mattresses and stuff. And so um, they, we thought it'd be good just to uh, ask our folks to consider giving 
uh, to, the, to this ministry at this time. So there's, there's some information about that here on, on slides, about how you can give. And we'll have us on our website as well, uh, three different ways. And so just prayerfully consider giving whatever you can afford uh, to this ministry to help them in, in this time of crisis. So I'm going to pray, and we'll start with our, uh, praying the Our Father again. Third week in a row, that's a record for Wilden Hills Church. Um, but traditionally, churches prayed this every, every service. In fact, folks have prayed this prayer every day. Um, and it's often the start of, of their prayer time. So they pray this, and then they go on to their other needs. And that's what I'd like to do here. But let's pray together the Our Father, and then we'll, um, I'll, I'll just pray individually for these uh, various folks, and just be in agreement with me uh, as I'm praying for this. Just be saying yes in your spirit about this. So let's pray. Oh, I can't even see that. He says, pray that in this way. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into a time of trials, but deliver us from the evil one. Abba Father, we thank you that we have each other. We thank you for the unity of the body. We thank you, God, that you are our, our, our Abba Father, that you love us. We thank you for the authority that you've given to us in prayer to release a kingdom influence in every part of the world. And though we're not physically here together, we're united in spirit as we together leverage this authority on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Lord, we pray for the people of Ukraine that God be working to minimize this violence, be working in Putin's heart. If there's any opening there, be working to change his mind, to change his heart and the officials that are around him. We pray also for the people of Russia who are going to be suffering as a result of this. 3,000 already have been arrested for objecting to this war. We pray for peace and safety on their behalf. Lord, we together pray for Olga and for her husband, Victor, and for her two daughters, Dorna and Poma. Lord, keep them safe. Breathe peace into their life. Be a hedge of protection around them. And help them to be in this dark hour to be light to those around them. We pray for Belinda and Mark, Kathy, and for their entire team, those who are in Ukraine and are in harm's way. We pray for David and Katya Boot, and for Ray Shalashka and his family in eastern Ukraine. Lord, protect them, keep them safe, and in this dark hour, let them be light to all around them. We pray for Victor Yevpak, and we thank you for his ministry. We pray for him and his family and for his loved ones who are in Ukraine. Be a hedge of protection around them and help them to shine as light in this hour of darkness. And for, 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 for Vadim Kalinchenko and his family and his team, we thank you for the wonderful ministry that they're doing in Ukraine and for the church that they have and for their, their willingness to open up their homes to, to these refugees. We pray for that ministry. We pray for their safety. We pray for their perseverance, and we pray, Lord, that you'd be putting it on people's hearts to help out in this and to give to this endeavor. Lord, we pray for Yevis Periard 
And for Bruce and Deb Crow, keep them safe and help them to be light in this time of darkness. We pray for Yuri Kurit and his parents, Vadim and Valencia. Be with them, speak peace into their life, and help them to be light in this time of darkness. And we pray for David and Annette Dryden. We pray for Joanne Holstrom. Bless them, Lord God. Keep them safe. Encourage them. And help them to be light shining in this darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. It's just so cool that I mean, we've got our, our, our non-local congregation goes around the world, and we've got 12 contacts here in the Ukraine. And there's something beautiful about this, that we can, we over here in Minnesota can leverage our authority to uh, help folks on the other side of the world in this dire situation that we're in. We thought we'd wrap up this series by um, uh, just kind of summarizing the, the, the Our Father and um, looking at some ways that we can practically apply this. Yeah. So we have Mr. Practicality with us. Thank you for being here. Earlier uh, I was Mr. Fearful, now I'm Mr. Practicality. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're, you're practically fearful. Okay. So um, one of the themes that we hit on early on was that prayer is a matter of utter urgency. Yes. Uh, things really hang in the balance on prayer. Um, so what are some ways, if there are people who want to get more involved in prayer uh, and praying for others, what are some th- opportunities yeah. that we have that we can uh, open up for, for folks? Sure, yeah. You know, can I just say, among the many things that you've said over the years that have rocked my theology, this idea of, I don't know why this didn't hit me in my youth, but it didn't. So you said, when we actually bring prayer to God and it may actually affect something... That's amazing to me that we that we can actually affect things, and you show throughout Scripture how God is looking for us to pray, and it matters to Him, and so it's incredibly important. So, we have a couple of areas that that I wanted to mention here. On Monday nights, we have a group, and yes, currently it's on Zoom, so you all can come too. Um, On Monday nights, we have a group that meets, and they pray together, and that group more so prays for, for Woodland Hills needs. I guarantee you tomorrow night they're praying for the Ukraine, so don't, it's not exclusive, but more so the leadership, the staff, the vision, things that are happening specifically at Woodland Hills. And that's more their target. Then there's another group that you could be a part of, and that meets on Tuesday nights, also on Zoom, and that group for sure is gonna pray for the Ukraine, and for sure they're gonna pray for Woodland Hills, more so their sweet spot is the requests that come in to us from the people in the church. Um, the missionaries are really the sweet spot for that group. And then that group, so that group is covering our church and then um, and the missionaries in prayer. So there are a couple of ways that you can bring your say-so into community and uh, pray for the body of Christ for Woodland Hills and We've, uh, Watchman Nee said this, and this has been kind of one of our slogans throughout uh, the years, is that he says, walk with the assumption that nothing of kingdom value happens outside of prayer. Right. And, uh, and, and we've, we've leaned on that. Yeah. And uh, I think only in heaven are we going to see 
the full impact that prayer has. This is why it takes faith to pray because you often don't yes. see the immediate impact. Yes, and your comments about your observation that it seems so small, right. but yet has such big effect. Yep, kind of like donating blood. You know, it's such a small thing, but man, it has yeah. such a great impact. Yeah. So yeah, I, I encourage folks to check that out and become part of our prayer team. Right. Uh, I have just, um, I know that there are several people in a congregation that just, daily cover me and my family in prayer and and I, you know what a difference that has made i mean right. I, I won't know until we get to the other side yeah. but i i just so so deeply appreciate that yeah. so another thing that we hit on was uh several weeks ago the importance of forgiveness and um right. uh letting go of others not forgiving others uh blocks our ability to receive god's forgiveness right. uh if there are folks that are struggling with that sure um what, what do we have available that we could help them sure with? you know again I don't know what it was like to be a part of the, of, in this room or online when Greg gave that message, but I happened to be sitting here in the front that Sunday and I could just feel the weight that you carried mm. with that message of don't let this go past you. And, and so I, I want to ask you again, if you haven't heard, or maybe it's worth listening to again, that forgiveness message is huge. And I can say as care pastor that... I see this so often with people, the, the incredible weight that gets yes. lifted when we are able to walk through a forgiveness process. So to Greg's question, we have a ministry here and it's called TRIO. And it's three in one, that's like you and two prayer ministers praying to the Father, Son, and Spirit. So this TRIO, and what we can do in these TRIO sessions is really address forgiveness and walk with you through a forgiveness process. Um, maybe ask a question, help you to discern if there's something that needs to be forgiven. It can be really, really hard. Don't get me wrong. Some of these people I've sat with, it's very challenging for them to say, I forgive X, Y, Z, but wow. Anyway, sorry. Yes. So trio appointments would be a great place that you, you could get um, just some help, some coaching, some guidance, direction on, on forgiveness. So important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lady who came up after that message, and uh, I talked to a number of people after that message, but uh, she, she said that when I had people pray for their enemies, someone popped into her mind that she hadn't thought about for 20 mm. years. And... And this happens, this happened with my stepmother. I had no idea that I hadn't right. forgiven her. You, you forget about it. It just becomes part of your normal. Right. And you don't realize how it's sucking life out of you and damaging you because you got used to it. Yeah. And, and, and this woman was just in tears as, as she has realized that for 20 years she's hung on to this without even like, noticing it. And now that morning she was, began the process and she yeah. said it, it's going to be a process because... Whenever you do anything habitually, it yeah. becomes you know, part of who you are. Right. So you have to develop a new habit, a habit of, of forgiveness. Yeah. But it was so beautiful to see someone being set free. Uh, don't walk around yeah. with bondage and, and, and holding on to grudges. Yeah. Get free. And yeah. so take yeah. advantage of this, this, this prayer team. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the final thing that we talked about was deliver us from the evil one and about spiritual warfare and how we live in a context of uh, cosmic battle. Right. It really is. This right. is. Earth is sort of the Normandy of cosmic warfare. Right. And... Um, whether we know it or not, we are always in spiritual warfare. Yeah. If there are some folks who are aware that they're struggling with this, that they feel like they're under attack, the enemy is just doing damage or whatever, um, what, what, what sure. should we offer them? And again, these trio prayer appointments, we have a, a number of avenues we can go down 
in, in these trio appointments. But one of them is what I would want to call spiritual warfare prayer. Some people might use the word deliverance. Now, what I want to ask you, though, is what pops into your mind when I say something like deliverance? And whatever that caricature is, and I'm guessing for some of you, it comes from Hollywood and it involves pea soup. <laughs> your mother. Right? <laughs> but exactly. And doesn't the enemy want us to buy into this scary caricature because he's, what's really at play here is his, the gig is up. Our power, our authority in Christ is so much greater than the enemy's that he wants us to think this is some scary thing. And it's just not. It's an it's a honorable process that you can walk through that can help set you free from something that you've been walking in with for 20 years, don't even know it until you name it and take authority over it. Amen. And so this group will help to do Greater that. Greater is he that's so, in you than he that's in the world. Amen. 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 So, um, the other thing I thought I would mention in, pass, in passing, the thing I thought I would mention to you guys is, look, I understand that stepping out into some of these things can be a pretty high bar. So, what we do every Sunday morning is we have folks available up here. And I want to encourage you, man, if you're carrying something around, I want to encourage you to go ahead and come up and pray with these folks. And for our friends on Zoom, if there's any reason that you have to not jump on where you want to like save that spot for someone else or whatever that might be, I want to assure you, we have people, we have more prayer ministers waiting and available for you than, um, there's plenty of ministers there to help and pray with you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't think that you're taking up a spot that somebody else needs. It's available to you. And so we want to highly encourage, this is a pretty straightforward, these people want to walk with you and support you in prayer, in whatever it is that you're carrying around. And maybe that thing is, my prayer life sucks, and I don't know what to do about that. Come and get prayer for that as a step toward improving in, in that relationship with the Lord. So, as we close, I just want to encourage you to go for prayer. Um, as I've already said, uh, don't forget, if you've got littles down in Heroes Gate, we need to reserve a spot for them for next Sunday, those of you here on site. Um, for all of us, we want to invite you to join us for the MuseCast. Uh, that's happening on Tuesdays on YouTube. And then, of course, now it's a podcast for those that want to do it through the podcast platform instead. So check that out that way. And gathering groups. Like, man, it's a wonderful way to connect with some folks. Rumor has it people pray in the gathering groups. I don't know if that's actually true, so come and find out. But that might be a place for you to meet people and pray with some folks. So with all of that, God bless you. Develop that relationship with the Lord in prayer and have a fantastic day. Thank you, Tara Beth. And don't forget to give blood and consider contributing to our legacy, uh, which is helping refugees in the Ukraine. God bless you guys. Go out and love on the world. Amen.